This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, there's a road in rural New Jersey that locals will avoid at all costs. Ghosts, witches, satanic cults, and serial killers are among the many disturbing perplexities that plague this dark passage. This is episode number 67 of Hometown Ghost Stories, New Jersey's most haunted road, Clinton Road, West Milford, New Jersey. Keith was heading southeast on the Patterson-Hamburg Turnpike in West Milford, New Jersey, late one night. He'd been on the road for hours, heading to New York to deliver a shipment to some private startup company in Woodbury. He wasn't familiar with the area, so he followed the directions from the British woman in his GPS. In 500 feet, turn left on Clinton Road, she told him. It was a little after 10.15 p.m. as Kevin turned onto Clinton Road. The delivery didn't have to be at its destination until morning, so he wasn't in a major rush. He was well ahead of schedule. He cracked open a can of Coke to give himself a sugar rush for the final push, when suddenly he saw a figure step out into the street just a few dozen meters ahead of him. He slammed on the brakes and the truck skidded to a stop. The figure jumped out of the way, into the bushes at the last second. Keith blew out a sigh of relief and then slammed the shifter into park. He opened the door and stepped down into the street. Hey, he called out as he went around to the front of the truck where the figure jumped into the bushes. What the hell are you trying to do, he called out. He heard the voices whispering from the shrubbery. Damn it, it's not him. It's just some dude. Hey, Keith called out again. Two teenagers popped up out of the bushes. You trying to get killed? Keith asked sharply. One of the kids spoke up. We thought you were the ghost truck, he said. Ghost truck? Keith asked. Yeah, there's supposed to be a phantom truck that stalks up and down Clinton Road, the other one chimed in. The whole road is haunted as fuck. All right, all right, Keith cut him off. Hunt for phantom trucks if you want, but don't jump in front of it. You know, just on the off chance that it happens to be a real truck, he advised as he hopped back into his rig and slammed the door. Keith sipped his soda as he continued down the haunted road. He didn't need the sugar rush at this point. His adrenaline was still going from almost running a person over. Just then, he noticed his iPhone ringing from the floor of the truck underneath the dashboard. Must have fallen down there when he slammed on the brakes earlier. He reached down to grab it and straightened back up in his seat. Unknown caller. He thought about clicking the ignore button as he glanced out his windshield to see two bright headlights racing directly towards him. He heard the blare of the truck horn as he realized there was no time to swerve out of the way. He squeezed his eyes shut, jammed both feet down on the brake pedal, and braced for impact. He felt a rush of cold air hit him, full on, blowing his baseball cap right off the top of his head. He opened his eyes and clapped both hands against the side of his face a couple times to ensure he was still alive. He was fully intact. His truck sat idling in the middle of the road. He looked in the rearview mirror and saw nothing. No truck in front of him or behind him. The road was completely empty in both directions. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, West Milford Township, New Jersey.
Clinton Road is located in West Milford, New Jersey. It runs in a generally north-south direction and stretches about 10 miles. There are very few houses along the road, and much of the adjoining property is undeveloped, publicly-owned woodlands. The road gets its name from the original settlement of Clinton, which was located about where the road crosses the brook. In 1905, a man named Richard Cross built a castle on high land near the reservoir for his wife and three children. While it was being built, strange things would occur in the woods surrounding the castle. Whispers would be heard through the trees, as well as distant chanting and manic laughter. Unknown to the Cross family at the time, the woods surrounding the property were thought to be evil and full of witches and malign spirits. Very few people were willing to step foot into the woods during the day, never mind at night. The family had lived in the castle for 12 years when Richard died in 1917. His family then sold the property to the city of Newark in 1919. Sometime later, a fire ripped through the abandoned settlement, leaving only the stone structure behind. Later in the 20th century, it fell into ruin and thus became a popular destination for nefarious activities. The castle ruins, set deep in the woods, became a haven for Satanist ceremonies and Ku Klux Klan meetings. One visitor snapped an image of perplexing graffiti at Cross Castle and on a plank of wood placed nearby. These odd ramblings turned out to be from the official Lex Satanicus, the Levian Church of Satan's code of conduct. It gained a notorious reputation in the late 1970s and became a hangout spot for teenagers, and some teenagers partying there had some strange encounters. Cross Castle, 1979 Peter was early. The sun hadn't set yet, but was hanging low enough in the sky to cast strange shadows across the grass. The crumbling sections of rock walls that remained stood tall like looming skeletons against the dusk sky. The bones of a fortress that had once stood tall and strong. It had been reduced to rubble and made a perfect spot to hang out and drink beers without anyone bothering you. That is, if you could deal with the eerie setting and history and rumors. The word around town was that there was a satanic cult that would meet in the same spot and perform satanic rituals. Stories ranged anywhere from something as innocuous as candlelit chanting sessions to rumors of human sacrifice. Peter wasn't sure he believed any of it, but figured if anything, the truth was probably closer to the former. He snapped a can of beer out of the plastic six-pack ring and pulled the tab, the crisp snap echoing off the stone walls. He was waiting for his three friends to arrive and figured he could get started without them. He unzipped his backpack and pulled out a few candles and began setting them up and lighting them so that when the sun went down, he wasn't sitting in the dark. He laughed to himself, thinking that if somebody else showed up at that moment, they might think he was part of the satanic cult. Maybe that's how the rumor started in the first place, he thought. As he was lighting one of the candles, he heard some footsteps in the woods behind him. Heavy thumping and twigs snapping underfoot. Here they are, he thought as he turned around, expecting to see his friends walking up. He raised up his can of beer in a cheers gesture and then stopped halfway. There was no one there. He was sure he heard footsteps. Quit fooling around, he called out, lifting a candle in the air. The sun was down now, and the candle was fine for its immediate surrounding, but didn't cast much light further than a couple of feet. He carried his candle in one hand and his beer in the other hand and walked past the stone wall into the trees. Hello, he called out again. That's when he heard someone laughing off to his left. A shiver crawled down his spine, knowing it wasn't his friends. It was a maniacal cackle and it came from above, somewhere up in the trees. He heard it again, this time from the right, then again, right behind him. He whirled around and saw nothing there. He didn't even go back for the rest of his beers. He just took off back towards the road and never came back to the old cross castle on Clinton Road. If you continue down Clinton Road for a while, you'll find the old Clinton Furnace, another structure nestled amid the trees, abandoned and engrossed with moss and decay. The structure was a 19th century iron smelter established by William Jackson in 1826. It has also been nicknamed the Druidic Temple since legend says local druids would practice their rituals there. It is said that horrible things will come to pass to intruders that enter the stone structure unannounced or at an inopportune time. The furnace is now fenced in to keep intruders from entering and getting hurt, 
but the continuous flow of tales told about the place prove the fence may not be enough. During the day, Clinton Road seems lonely and unsettling, but at night, it takes on a much more ominous tone. There's a legend of a phantom black truck that stalks menacingly up and down the road at night. There are dozens of separate accounts of people traveling the road after the sun sets, experiencing the truck racing up from behind them, flashing its lights, and then disappearing into thin air. Other accounts note the truck coming in the opposite direction, veering onto their side of the road, and then disappearing before impact. The history of Clinton Road is rife with legends and tales of hauntings, but it also has some verifiable history that will chill you to the bone. On May 14, 1983, a cyclist was riding through the wooded area along Clinton Road when he came across something he'll never forget. He smelled something rancid, thick in the air, and before he had time to wonder what it was, he spotted a wake of vultures huddled around something. Curiously, he dismounted his bicycle and approached. The scavenger birds were pecking and pulling at something bound in green trash bags. As he got closer, he saw them tearing chunks of meat from the bag. He retreated to his bike and sped off, alerting the authorities as soon as he reached civilization. The police went out to Clinton Road and found the site the bicyclist had described. The trash bags contained the body of Daniel Deppner, a man who turned out to be a member of a local gang of burglars. The body was one of five victims of Mafia hitman Richard the Iceman Kuklinski, who was eventually arrested and charged with the murders. Deppner was poisoned with cyanide and then strangled to death, frozen, and left in the woods on Clinton Road. In the deepest wooded part of Clinton Road lies a bend, referred to as Dead Man's Curve. The aptly named curve in the road sits right before the bridge that crosses Mossman's Brook and has claimed a few lives of speeding travelers who met an unfortunate end attempting to navigate the turn. The bridge is said to be haunted by the ghost of a boy who drowned in the brook below. Legend has it, he was walking across the bridge early one evening when a truck came racing around Dead Man's Curve. The boy panicked and was forced to leap out of its way, but he stumbled over the side of the bridge into the water below. It's said that you can summon his ghost by tossing a coin into the brook from the bridge. The boy is said to return at midnight and place the coin back on the road. April 21st, 2010 Lee and Elliot, a pair of amateur paranormal enthusiasts, set out on Clinton Road to test out the ghost boy's coin phenomenon. It was a sunny day, but as they drew closer to the bridge, the dense forest blotted out the sun with its newly sprouted leaves. They pulled over to the side of the road when they reached the bridge, exited the car, and approached the structure. Elliot pulled out a shiny new quarter dated 2010 and marked both sides with an X using a permanent marker, and then tossed the coin into the crystal clear water. It sunk to the bottom of the brook, which wasn't terribly deep, and rested on a rock among hundreds of other coins. Must be a myth, Elliot remarked. You're supposed to wait a day, Lee responded. Yeah, I know, but look at all the coins down there. If the ghost was tossing the coins back, wouldn't there be none left in the brook? Most get tossed back, Lee said, adding, Nobody knows why, but sometimes he returns the coin, so maybe we'll get lucky. They got back into their car and left, planning on returning the following day. The next day, it was downpouring. The windshield wipers could hardly keep up with the deluge of raindrops. They traversed the haunted road cautiously, as it was nearly impossible to see through the shroud of misery pouring from the sky. As they reached the bridge, neither was particularly excited to get out of the car. Then, Lee remembered she had an umbrella in the back seat. They got out and huddled together under the umbrella as they quite comically shuffled over to the spot where they had tossed the coin the previous day. It was hard to see anything with the raindrops dancing on the pavement, and there were several puddles scattered across the road. I don't see it, Elliot said loudly. Lee didn't respond, but had a look of disappointment on her face. They began shuffling back to the car when Elliot suddenly called out excitedly. He pointed to the ground. There, by the edge of the road, sat the shiny quarter dated 2010, with a black X drawn on it. The strangest thing about Clinton Road is not just how many different paranormal encounters people have on it, 
it's that the surrounding roads have none. Paradiso Road runs parallel to Clinton Road and has nothing. No legends connected to it, while Clinton Road is notoriously considered to be one of the most haunted roads in all of New Jersey and possibly in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number 67. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. Rob oh, Rob my God. Coakley. He would be so mad at me if, it was, if I did that. <laughs> he would be flipping out right now. I, did, I didn't even do anything. I was just sitting here. Nothing <laughs> happened. I don't know what you're talking about. I was just sitting here pondering when me and Jesse are going to throw you into a haunted well. That's all. What haunted well? I mean, you know, the, the coin thing. Welcome to the episode, Rob. Well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Glad you paid attention. Wow. Well, this, this, this is going to be an start. episode tonight. This is going to be a strong start. <laughs> the one thing Clinton Road doesn't have is a haunted well, and Rob managed to bring that up. So, anyways. He's going to go uh, dig one just to throw me in it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not going to get out of here. Listen, we don't make the rules. We don't. That's true. Yeah. This is true. Uh, I want to welcome everyone in who's hanging out in live chat. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, we've hit a brand new milestone. Actually, two milestones here. Number one is the most amount of live viewers that we've had in a live stream. So I want to thank all of you so much for showing up every Tuesday. A lot of the same faces, which is always awesome to see all of you again, and a bunch of new faces as well. So thank you guys all for tuning in. And that is an awesome new milestone that we just hit. And the other new milestone is Al Capone is actually here in chat. So... <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this earlier, but Al Capone weighed in and said, I can't wait to win some stickers. So the ghost of Al Capone is officially here in chat as well, which is a big milestone for us. So check that one off your bingo cards. If you don't know about the bingo cards, they're available on Discord. Stephanie A did a great job of drawing these things up and updating them. And if you want to play along, you could win some stickers. And we'll also do a giveaway at the end of the show. But without further ado, this is episode 67. And thank you all for joining. Thanks for being here. It's great to be here. So this was actually a uh, requested episode by a listener. We got a request from, it was in Facebook, a request from Kyle Smith to cover Clinton Road. And he had messaged and I was talking to him and he actually had a, a creepy exper experience of his own on Clinton Road about six years ago. He said, I saw a man running in the woods in a cloak around midnight and it freaked him out enough. And I, apparently he just, I don't know, he went on and researched the road and either he already knew or, or learned then that it was very haunted and he shot over the message to us saying we should cover it. And I looked into it and I had never heard of it. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. There's a lot here for one road. You know, mm -hmm. it's not exactly like the longest road in the world. It's about a 10 mile stretch and goes into, um, I don't think it actually goes into New York, but it goes up in that direction, but a lot here. It looks pretty, pretty long. I, I, I've watched a few YouTube videos today on it. And it seems like it's about like a 15 to 20 minute drive just to, to go along the entire road. And most of the videos didn't seem to have too, too much um, as far as paranormal, but you know, people get freaked out whenever they see a black pickup truck, they're like, Oh my God, it's here. And yeah. speaking of which, Oh my God, it's here. Mike B with a $15 donation and super chat. Thank you so much, Mike. You're, you're a damn legend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that is uh that is epic. So, I mean, they, but most of the videos, they, they didn't show too much. There were some creepy things, but I, I just wonder how much of it was creepy because of, um, the fact that they were so terrified just driving along this road, like they're, they look at a tree like, oh, I just saw blood on the tree. It was just clearly red paint. There, there was a few videos that didn't have much, but there was uh, there were a couple of them that had stopped and explored uh, that temple, which. It's just, yeah, the temple, I think, is just rumored to have been. I mean, it's, it was not a druidic temple. Mm -hmm. It was an iron smelter that looks like it could have been a druidic temple. Which I it's think still, was the case. It's still creepy. So it was from like the Revolutionary War time. No, it was the 18. It was the Civil War time. Was it Civil War? I thought it was Revolutionary. There's a plaque outside of it, and we could read the plaque and get yeah, to the 19th century. Thanks for joining the episode, Jesse. Oh, is it near the well? Is it near the well on Clinton Road? You know, I bet <laughs> there is a well on Clinton Road. It's a pretty long road. I bet there, you there is. There, could, there, could, many, there, could there aren't be. many houses, though. I'll find it. 
Go. Go right now. Yeah, yeah. Go find it. It's not too far. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Don't have yeah. to ask Rob twice. Rob's, <laughs> Rob's heading out to find the well. Um, Bro Dad brings up a shout out to the star teenagers, Vinny and Luke, who That's right. appearance in the video. Did a great job. Not World the first time in the video, but that was, a, that was some good stuff. And <laughs> Matthew T comes back into Super Chat with the top donation of the day of $15.01. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew T. We appreciate it. And you guys are welcome to keep this competition going all day long. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's great. So yeah, this this thing, is it's a creepy structure. It's a little disappointing that it is basically like a historic structure and it's just kind of left discarded in the woods. You would think was something that might hold some sort of historical value. It had enough where they put up a sign about it, but it's not fenced off. It's obviously no security at all. Um, but there's a fence. I'm sure you'd get busted for trespassing if a police officer happens to drive by and sees people in the area. But it, it is just kind of left abandoned in the woods. I saw there was a video on YouTube of these guys that did go into it. Very small. I mean, you go in and you can't go anywhere. Basically, looks like a fireplace, which is pretty much what it was, right? Yeah, the uh, the plaque says uh, 19th century iron smelter established by William Jackson in 1826. Right in the, the middle of the Revolutionary War. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't question me. Nope. No. We are no definitely getting all of the facts right here on Hometown Ghost Stories. <laughs> yeah, so 1826. And they probably made a lot of the uh, materials that was made to build the castle, you know, half a century later. Be my okay. But what I would say about that and the size of it and the appearance of it, the appearance of it is creepy because it's in the woods and all of a sudden, boom, there's a giant stone structure. It looks like a temple from the outside. Right. But you go inside and it's you're standing in a fireplace. It's unbelievably small. It's like you went and just stood in your fireplace and looked up at the chimney. I don't think right. they were holding that. Maybe they were doing ceremonies in and around it. And maybe there was like one person standing inside or something. I don't know how these ceremonies really went. But it seems right. unlikely to me that anything would be held inside of that thing with more than one or two people inside. No, I think it was a. I think the the rumors were that they would be meeting around it because mm -hmm. it's sort of shaped like one of their little monument things. They, if you look up druids and the the things that they built for their ceremonies, they're all like stone structures, like pyres and uh, what do you call them? Things used to uh, cairns and stuff like that. Okay, so then that would make sense. So it could check out. Yeah, they didn't build it, but I don't know. Maybe they, used, they used it. it or could have used it. Sure. Mm. So that's that one. So you have the, the Phantom pickup truck as well. And this one's a little bit terrifying. It kind of has like a Jeepers Creepers kind of feel where all of a sudden there's this big truck racing up behind you. They say that like you don't really see it approaching you, but you look in your rearview mirror and all of a sudden, boom, there's a pickup truck when you didn't think anyone was following you. And they got their high beams going and they're basically trying to run you off the road. Yeah, well, the creepiest part is that it just then it just disappears. No one talks about how it, you know. So there's there's so many different accounts of people witnessing this truck on the road that you know they can't all be bogus. And I'm sure a lot of them are just they saw a black truck on the road and it was scary because you know when you're looking for something that is supposed to be a ghost and you see something that could be that ghost, that could be alarming. But right. Um, there's just so many of them. There's so many witnesses, witness accounts of strange things happening, not just the tailgating thing and disappearing, but it actually people like the opening story was based on a true or, you know, an actual somebody's actual account of the truck veering onto their side of the road, coming right at them. And then the gust of wind hits them and there's nothing like no damage, nothing, no accident and no truck. So, yeah. and that's kind of what you had in the opening story. I, there was one video on YouTube and you never know if these things are staged or if it's just people messing with each other, but there was a white pickup truck that was heavily pursuing this group of what sounded like teenagers or young adults. And they like stopped because they were so freaked out and turned around and the white pickup truck also turned around and was following them. So I think it was more than likely just someone messing with them. It also didn't match the description, but we don't write the rules. It could have been another ghost pickup truck, but it just seemed like an aggressive driver messing with some kids on the road. Yep. Maybe uh, the, so I do uh, want to, I do want to, talk about the Iceman and you brought him up in the episode I think just to get our facts straight I think you may have confused two of the bodies so the one that you had alluded to he had, now mind you this is a common practice is that he would freeze the bodies which is how he earned the nickname the Iceman and but the one death that you're talking about he had poisoned him with um, cyanide. cyanide and also had strangled him with a cord and the mm -hmm. story was basically he was in a hotel room with this guy 
they had poisoned his cheeseburger with cyanide and they're waiting for him to die and they're just sitting here and it took too long so like screw it let's just strangle him so they strangled him with like a lamp wire and they killed him but this was actually one of the reasons he got caught and not because he froze the body and then dropped it off but this was the one where i'm pretty sure in this story in particular and again maybe he did it to another body as well but in this story i'm pretty sure he hid this dead body inside of the bed no that was the one before so daniel deppner was the one who helped kill the guy that they the two of them killed I forget the guy's name. I could pull it up. Uh, but him and so him, Deppner and where are we here? Let me, I wasn't ready for this. I had the name on the tip of my tongue. I'm sorry. It's something Smith. I think that actually might not be true either. Either way. So him, so this was the one that they, they killed him together in the hotel room, which was a yep. super disgusting story. I mean, they stashed this body, Gary Smith, they, Gary Smith. Okay. So they stashed his body, like not under the bed, but in, in between the bed, in the box spring and they left them there and then they just left and it took them five days to discover this body now mind you people are checking into this room they are laying down and sleeping on top of a dead body and they don't even know it first of all i don't know how you don't feel that that there's a dead body in between the mattress and the box spring wow this is a lumpy bed how do you not smell it how do you not detect this dead body <laughs> and and for five days and eventually the smell got so bad that they they had brought it up and and then they discovered the body and um the doctors were saying that like they never would have figured out that it was a homicide which i mean how do you get in between the mattress and the box spring but i guess people do weird things in hotel rooms uh but I, it, was, it was either it was either stuffed under the bed or cut into the box spring right so he would have been inside the box spring okay, mattress so on top you, so you could still have a comfortable, comfortable sleep on that dead body. No problem. Yeah. If you don't mind the smell <laughs> of rotting flesh, <laughs> which we don't, you know, yeah. uh, but the, the fact that they had gotten impatient and strangled him and left the marks on his neck is what they immediately, obviously they, they were like, okay, this is a homicide because of these marks on his neck. They didn't have to, they could have waited. And they said that if it was just the, I keep forgetting the name of the, the drug that they used. Cyanide. Cyanide. If it was just the cyanide, they probably would have assumed it was an overdose and not even investigated as a homicide off the bat. And he may have been able to keep going with his murder spree, but he had gotten sloppy in his old age. Yeah, exactly. Rob, welcome to the show. Yeah, you know, I'm just hanging. I was wondering <laughs> if you guys were going to engage the chat. They were they're bringing up how Stone Cold Steve Austin was influenced by the Iceman. So do you guys think that they that the Iceman would cut a promo before or after he killed his victims? I think before and after. I think before he'd cut a promo. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, to let out some threats and then afterwards to gloat about his victory. Yeah. So like, if you're just like, the, the first thing I want done, son, is to get that piece of trash out of my bed. It's been smelling up in here for five days and I can't take it anymore. And that's the bottom line because the Iceman said so. Something like that. That was a well-cut promo. I don't know why he didn't do that. Yeah. He, he should have done that. Speaking of wrestling, we were on Chris Jericho's podcast again this week which I hope that we talked about. So big shout out to Chris Jericho. If you haven't already, check out the Talk is Jericho episode. We were on, again, this is the second time that we were on the show. This time we were talking about the Velisca Axe murder, the famous bacon episode that we had. And we kind of broke down. We dove more into the uh, true crime aspect of that show. We jumped into the paranormal as well, but I feel like during our show, we weighed a little more heavily into the paranormal aspect. On Chris Jericho's show, we, we dove more into the uh, crime spree that we believe was connected to it so if you haven't already go check that out as always chris jericho thank you for doing everything you do but it was an awesome episode and uh appreciate it yeah good show so it's it's crazy all the different things that we have connected to this road we have the Iceman killer we have you know all the apparitions i don't remember you catching catching it in the episode did you talk about the jungle habitat as well dave no so this is um, an interesting one so the jungle habitat was this old like theme park that was built right off of Clinton road, right in the general vicinity of the area. Right. And it, they wanted to expand from what I was reading, but the local people didn't want them to because of all the traffic, um, which I understand, but so they end up closing this place down and they talk about how the animals weren't treated well. And since that, place closed down people have seen apparitions of like like lions and all kinds of crazy animals lurking in the woods well not only that they're seeing hybrids 
So yeah. there, so this is like a big like cryptozoology kind of thing. But they were dealing with like, and they think this is the, one of the reasons that the place got shut down because they were like crossbreeding these animals, which I don't know if the science would check out on that. But they're seeing like alligator people and, um, you know, just lions mixed with dogs and stuff and it's like oh so these are all the strange sightings that people were seeing with these vicious animals in these woods and they think that the original you know it originated from that zoo theme park type situation yeah which is which is another like crazy so this this is very like when we talk about like the bridgewater triangle or areas like that this feels like that but just like super condensed to like you know 10 miles or so which is crazy yeah, 10 linear miles. You figure the Bridgewater Triangle is has like a wider area. Almost like mean? a triangle shape. Yeah. Almost like a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just one straight shot. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. weird. And the other thing is like there, there are roads, like I mentioned it in the end of that video there, but there are roads that run parallel to it right next right next to it. And they there's they don't, there's nothing there. There's no hauntings on these roads. They're all just on Clinton Road. Hmm which is weird. That is strange. And it's an interesting fact that you brought up at the end of the episode that nothing is happening on the, on the other roads, just on this one. And I agree. And I was going to bring that up as well, that it, it has a lot of similarities to the Bridgewater triangle. You have ghost sightings, you have, uh, cult meetings, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like dark magic being practiced and reported. And then you also have the whole cryptozoology thing, like these strange animal sightings, which we don't dive too much into cryptozoology here on the show, but when it's uh when it's a thing we're gonna mention it right we will be with some of our future stuff For also sure. it reminds me of Helltown as well yeah absolutely um to cover one of our other ones so yeah it, it's a crazy thing do we have any like theories as to why this particular area or this particular road is so haunted so not specifically but when i was looking into the history of cross castle the family, the Cross family who built Cross Castle, were, they weren't from around the area. They built it on this land that everybody else knew was haunted. They said there was suspected witch, witchcraft in the area. And there was just, they said that the area was just haunted with evil spirits. And the family who built the castle had no idea. And then they built it and weird things started happening to this family. And then the father dies. And two years later, they sell it to the city of Newark. And the city just mismanages the property and it burns down. But it sounds like the story of the haunted woods goes back before all of the, mm. the initial hauntings that we're talking about now. So maybe it just like was built right on the heart of whatever was causing all that haunting then that we just have no idea what it is. Well, there's that. And there's also plenty of negative energy. So you have dead man's curve on this road. You've had plenty of deaths via car accidents. You've had bodies dumped here the kid who died on the bridge. Uh, it seems like enough negative things happened here where it could have created these hauntings or this is where these things could have originated. So it definitely could come from maybe what the, you know, th- there isn't much built on it though. For the most part, when you drive this road, it looks like it's all just pretty much forest. It's all, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, all you have the castle, forward. you have the little fireplace structure. There's a couple and, of abandoned houses. And there's actually, there's some houses like early, like within the first mile of the road, there's some right. civilization, but then it drops off and there's just, it's just sparse at that point. Mm. So, but I mean, if there was, if there was in the early 1900s, late 1800s, if there was rumors of, you know, witches doing their thing in the woods, if, the, if that was true, then they could have conjured up some evil shit. Mm-hmm. There was also battles fought uh, between, I mean, it'd pick a place in America. There's going to be some sort of Native American conflict that had happened at some point, but I was reading up, I don't remember which war it was, but a lesser known battle was fought in the general vicinity. So they think maybe it could have ended up over, on that road you just never know you never know what could have happened on the land and even if something didn't happen on the land like a battle or something like that then you do have all of these deaths via car accident and via whatever else could be sacrifices you never know in the woods so mm-hmm. anything could create a haunting and this is it and it's it's very well known i was watching a bunch of videos on it like i said earlier and there's these you know teenagers that are driving around uh or it, it was this YouTube channel. I can't remember the name of it. It was like people's something. I, I can't remember, but relatively big one. If like it had like almost 2 million views on it or something. So shout out to that show. Yeah. Good, good job. But they, uh, <laughs> they went there and they pulled over and then like a couple carloads of drunk teenagers pulled over and it was like a party and they're all like, like, Oh, we're going to find this stuff. And they try to do the quarter thing on the bridge, but it turns out they were definitely on the wrong bridge. 
And then, but then even while they're doing that, like cars are slowing down and honking, be like, yo, we're going to find some ghosts. Like everyone is there for one reason and one reason only. <laughs> and that is to be on the haunted road. And then another car had stopped while they're on the bridge. He's like, oh yeah, did the ghost throw the quarterback? And they're like, no. And he's like, oh, I think you're on the wrong bridge or whatever. And then kept going. And it's just every, everybody, it seemed like everyone on the road was there for that purpose. And you got to wonder too, if it's, if it is like that, where it's that popular of a haunted destination, if people are just hiding in the woods, messing with people, you know? For sure. Yeah. Oh, that could definitely be it. Like, uh, I think you had mentioned earlier that a, a user had said they saw a guy in a cloak, like running through the woods, right? At midnight. Yeah. That is absolutely something that could uh, be that <laughs> I wouldn't say I would do now, but maybe when we were younger, just to mess with yeah. people, just like, yeah. Oh, let's go run through the haunted road and freak some people out. That, that'd be great. <laughs> I time. know. Do you, do you remember when we ran through the streets of Marshfield in our green man suits? We've done some things. <laughs> I don't even remember that, but I don't rule it out because we've done so many stupid things. Well, what, about the, what about the Emily Morgan hotel? <laughs> yeah. Stood in the window. Was a window with a sheet and waited for the ghost tours to come by. <laughs> I don't think anyone believes us. There was another time, uh, me and my friend, Alan, uh, Alan, we, we were actually going to have him on a horror movie review. He's a comedian grew up with him uh one time when we were in high school we thought it'd be funny if we walked around town dressed like ninjas and we didn't weigh in the fact that we also looked kind of like terrorists and people were like a few bros like yeah we should suck on this anyways i forgot about that yep no you know you live and you learn you live and you learn that's the prank life but i i could absolutely see people on this road doing things to um to to mess with other people especially when everyone seems to be there for that one reason mm. Papa Squatch says I'm going to start a rumor that there is a ghost in my mailbox that moves $20 bills. <laughs> there might be. We saw how your mail got to your house. So I was about to. I, that's what I thought. That's where I thought that comment was going. So yeah, Papa Squatch recently won the sticker uh, contest at the end. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mike B comes back with a $15 and two cent donation in super chat to take the top spot as our top donator today. Thank you so much. Mike B, you guys don't have to do this, but thank you so much. Hometown ninja <laughs> terrorist stories. <laughs> yeah, we owe, we owe Mike a movie review. I hope you guys can finally watch that movie. By the way, so which movie is it? Um, he was the babysitter, right? That, that's the oh, movie. I finished that movie. Yeah, we can definitely review it. You want to just do it now? <laughs> <laughs> He's given us enough money. Like Mike, what do you want us to do? Just tell us. And we <laughs> the show is yours now. This is no longer about New Jersey. <laughs> So I, I, if you don't mind, I would love to go back to the Iceman because yeah, this guy, his body count, he, from his own mouth, he says that it, it was over a hundred people. He said over 200. Then he later said over 200. He, he, they said like, is it over a hundred? He's like, yes. Is it over 150? He's like, I'm not sure. Is it 200? He's like, it could be. So he, this is a, if, if true now, he only got convicted on five, which is still a lot. And he was the, the thing with this guy, which kind of blows me away, is like he's a different kind of serial killer. He's definitely a sociopath. He definitely doesn't care, but he mm -hmm. doesn't do it for the for the reasons that other serial killers did it. Right? He doesn't do it for there's no like yes, sexual reason. Yes, he did. Well, not sexual, but he did it for fun because he enjoyed it. He was going into New York and just picking out homeless people and killing them. And the New York police were finding all these dead homeless people and just presuming that they killed each other. They was like, oh, we have a problem with the homeless people killing each other. He didn't really look into it, but he was he was a serial killer who then also decided, well, I could just go be a mafia hitman and make money for doing what I love doing. So that he was unique in that sense, and he ended up working for he ended up working for a few families. He worked for the worked for the Gambino family for um, Roy DeMeo for a while, who was an absolute psychopath, and actually Sammy the Bull was like quoted calling Roy DeMeo himself a serial killer for the way he was just dismembering and disposing of all these bodies. Right. It's not, so, it's not Ghost of Nostra, bro. It's, a ghost of Nostra. it's not Ghost of Nostra. <laughs> we definitely believe uh, everything that Sammy the Bull says. <laughs> yeah, he had, he, he was, so he definitely took pleasure. You didn't let me finish, which I was going to get around to it, but that's okay. Just hijacked the whole thing. It's fine. But yeah, so, but what I'm saying is he wasn't like the other serial killers that you read about where he was doing it for, for money, which is where I was going to end up, which is also where you ended up. So, and he made a lot of money doing it. They were asking him in this documentary on HBO how much he would get for it. He was like, oh, it would easily be five figures. And he's like, I'm not going to do it for nothing. And it would be in the, <laughs> the Al Capone says that they don't sound like real gangsters, <laughs> but he said, he said it was in like the up, he would prefer it to be like closer to a hundred grand per kill. 
So he was making plenty of money. He had Swiss bank accounts set up and he also had booked a trip to Switzerland when things started to fall apart. So it seemed like he was about to skip the country when they finally caught up with him because he was getting sloppy. And I think you had mentioned the the body that was dropped on this road was still a little bit frozen inside. And that's kind of how they figured out that this body is not fresh. It was not killed two days ago. This thing was killed years ago because there was ice crystals inside of his organs or something. Mm. And that's how it caught up to him. Cause this was his thing. He was the ice man. He would store these dead bodies in the freezer to throw off investigators. So they couldn't determine a time of death. That's fair. Right. Obviously if he stores it for years, you have no idea when this guy died, but apparently for these people that do these autopsies, it was relatively easy to actually figure out that it had been frozen for like exactly two years to the day or whatever. Yeah. It blows pretty, my mind. So he crazy. wasn't a scientist then is what we're saying. No, but he was pretty good at uh, understanding forensics, like for to, to come up with yeah. that, freeze them and then leave them. Cause he was actually was throwing off the forensic teams by freezing these bodies for so long. They're like, Oh, this person was killed two days ago. It's like, but he you killed know what's two wild? years ago. You know, it's wild too, is he had this, he, he's a psychopath. He had this figure out from a, from a very young age. I think it was his first kill or maybe his older brother's first kill. No, it was no, his, his first, his first kill. kill. He pulled out the teeth of the dead person and he chopped off the fingertips to throw off investigators so they couldn't identify the body. Yeah, at age 13. 13 years old. Crazy. He DJ says, uh, according to Sammy the Bull, Iceman never did work for the mob, but now you we got to play the game of who's the bigger liar, Sammy the Bull or the Iceman. That's it's not Costa Nostra, bro. <laughs> That's going to be a tough one. Um, with Iceman, it, it's like he didn't really consider himself a mobster either. Even in the HBO thing, he was like, you know, once uh, he, he had gone and killed somebody on Christmas Eve, and then he had gone home and he's just building toys and wrapping presents for Christmas for his kids. Who hasn't? And, and he's watching TV and finally the news story pops up. They're like, oh, a mob-related hit. And he's like, huh. He's like, and that's the first time I heard that I was affiliated with the mob. He's just, for, I think for him, he was just, he's just, I think you're right, Dave. I think he was killing people because he liked killing people. And he figured out that he could make some money doing it. Right. Mm. Um, Tie-in with Clinton Road is that he had dumped one and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had dumped several bodies over here. He was in the area. Yeah, he was. He's right in the area. Catherine says stomach content will give away time of death, even if they're frozen, but this was back in the seventies and eighties. So maybe they didn't have that kind of advanced technology that they did now. Cause I do know that the, this did throw the investigators off. And the only reason that they eventually caught onto it was because of the, I think it actually was the stomach contents that they found still partially frozen. And they're like, this doesn't make sense unless he was eating frozen food <laughs> before he died. <laughs> but I don't, frozen. I don't yeah. know if they had stomachs in the 1970s either. So That's yeah, who knows? Yeah. We don't make the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Puppet Squash with a underrated comment says he was a cold blooded killer. <laughs> yes. I like that. I like that. Mm. <laughs> and Ricardo says you could say he was stone cold. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, cut another promo. Oh my God, I, I can't do it on the spot. Yeah, do it sorry. with a New Jersey accent. There, There is a way that you can go and see me give Jesse a Stone Cold star, though. But this has happened in the past. Several so. times, actually. It has, yeah, it has we, been several times. We've actually cut a fair share of wrestling promos. <laughs> it's More so than most non-wrestlers, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I still have the, uh, the Macho Man sunglasses right here, ready to oh, go, go, if I ever need them. But Just it's not case. a Macho Man episode. Uh, yeah. Anyways, let's get back to some ghosts. Yes. So what did we cover? What have we got left? The Iceman was a scary guy. We got that covered. Mm-hmm. We got we covered the jungle habitat. We did cover the jungle habitat. What a bizarre thing. That's a pretty unique one. Yeah. Right. Whereas, as, I mean, does, I mean, cryptozoology is something that's more widespread, but not obviously not just to Clinton Road. No, it's all over the world. Right. So where are we? Yeah, actually, I think we covered all of the locations. Nice. At least the ones that I talked about. Is well, there... Lily, you made it just in time for us to already have covered everything. So welcome <laughs> in. <laughs> I, would, I would absolutely drive down this road. Actually, I'm going to be going to New Jersey relatively soon because we have family down there that we haven't visited in a while. On the wife's side, not your family, Dave. You're not welcome to join us. But <laughs> I am absolutely going to make it a point to go drive down this road, get some footage, make some stops. Yeah, definitely want to check it out. Um, I can talk about some other road-related li- stuff in a different town in New Jersey. 
and I don't know how to pronounce this town name, so we are going to get absolutely roasted. But do we want to do it anyways? Yeah. It's in Totowa, T-O-T-O-W-A, New Jersey. It's pronounced, pronounced Tortuga. It's, yeah. Um, Tatia. Tortilla is what we're doing here. If chat didn't catch up on that, Tortuga is a, pr- a pirate reference. That is the Isle of Tortuga, yep. which, disappointingly, it translates to the Island of Turtles. Anyways, pirate hats. Come <laughs> on, boom. There we go. And, and ladies and gentlemen, we have a new king in chat. Matthew T <laughs> has dropped $15 and three cents. So this is a stole gold stunner episode. Thank you so much for the $15 and three cents. You are the top donator here on hometown ghost stories. And we thank but you. There is still plenty of time <laughs> to unthrone the king. <laughs> this is my favorite contest ever. Um, all right. So in tor- tortilla, tortuga, totoa, is the Laurel Grove Memorial Park Cemetery. It was established in the mid 1800s, Laurel Grove Cemetery in, T- God damn it, I don't want to keep saying this name, in Totowa, New Jersey, is said to be haunted by the spirit of a young woman named Annie who was killed after being hit by a car on Riverview Drive. Her apparition is often seen at night wearing a long white dress, and investigators report hearing disembodied voices and whispers sometimes also referred to as the Laurel Grove Memorial Cemetery. Um, and there is Riverview Drive, which Annie's ghost also appears at. Um, that's where she was supposedly hit by her car on prom night. Um, and I think there's even a story of her being like a hitchhiking ghost, which there's a few different versions of that throughout the country, which we're going to get into at some point. I still want to do hitchhiking ghost as like its own episode. I just don't know if I want to do it as like a, a numbered episode, or if I want to do it as um, our new content that we're doing for side stuff, which is dark mysteries. Is that what we settled on? Dark mysteries. First episode dropping on Friday. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's dropping on Patreon Friday. No, it's our Friday episode. Oh, it's the Friday. Okay. So we're going to be doing a dark mystery series. And uh, just to tease that a little bit, it involves a werewolf, which is a real interesting story. Mm-hmm. Very creepy. Yes. Um, it is nonfiction. Take right. that for what it's worth. These are not fictional stories. These are stories that actually happened. So mm-hmm. a werewolf story that mm-hmm. actually happened. Uh, Pinky brings up Shades of Death Road in New Jersey. I was just looking that up, and that is actually the name of the street. Oh. Or at least it formerly was. I'm not entirely sure if they changed it or not. I was reading over a little bit on weirdnewjersey.com but the article is too long to go into it but it seems like it is definitely another haunted road I, I had seen that there were like there's Clinton Road and then there's the other haunted roads mm-hmm. yeah um, let's sit on Tabernacle New Jersey as well real quick there's only one story there and it's the Emilio Carranza crash monument on July 13th 1928 Captain Emilio Carranza was killed when his plane crashed in the woods of Tabernacle, New Jersey. And in 1930, a memorial was erected in his honor. Visitors often report feeling a strange presence at the memorial, as well as witnessing mysterious lights and the disembodied sounds of an airplane engine late at night. Others report experience unexplained car troubles and the electrical device failures. Um, also referred to as the Emilio Carranza crash site. So. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an interesting one, right? Like hearing the disembodied sounds of an airplane engine late at night. That reminds yeah. me there was a spot, and I'm sure we'll cover it on part two of Block Island whenever we get around to it, but there was a, a, the location of an airplane crash where they get a bunch of uh, paranormal mm-hmm. activities on Block Island. Um, paranormal activities. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, R- Ricardo and Captain McSlaw is coming in with 99 cents. So mm-hmm. thank you guys for those donations. Appreciate that. That does not uh, unseat our top donor of Matthew T with fifteen dollars and three cents, but we do thank you guys. And Mar, Mar dropping one dollar. Hey, look yes. at this. Hey, my goodness. Should we talk about what we're going to do on the February twenty first first episode? We should, and should we give them a teaser? We should probably give them a teaser. Uh, so, I need chat to tell me what type of ghost story they want to hear. And am I, am I creating a wheel for this? Yeah, you I mean, do you have time to create the wheel? Yeah. Here's what we want to do. Give us. 
random words, random subjects, random yeah. nouns. Yeah. It's random nouns. I want random nouns. Jesse's going to put them on the wheel, and we're going to grab three random nouns. And before we jump it, before we do this, I want you all to know this. You cannot use this to exploit your bingo card, okay? This is not yeah. what it's going to turn into, but you guys just drop us subjects that you would like to hear a ghost story about created right now. It's going to be yeah. dope. Yeah, so basically what we're going to do on the we're going to try something different it's not going to be a numbered episode it's still going to be a live episode on february 21st we're going to use if anyone's heard of it chat gpt is a program that can just create and do things that are remarkable so we're going to ask it to write us a ghost story and it'll do it right in real time and i'll read that story like i'm ron burgundy reading a teleprompter but it will create a ghost story out of like whatever we wanted to Oh, we earlier so we get so many good nouns and one and one verb from cash <laughs> i'd still edit it um okay. we did a ghost story again i think we mentioned this in the chat but if you join the patreon pre-show hangout for the ten dollar patreon members and above we did this in <laughs> there al capone suggests tax evasion <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it was, we did a ghost story that was pirates, a snowman and a flamingo. Right. Yep. And it actually said this somehow it took those three things and it actually made a, a ghost story out of it, which was crazy. So we're going to do that as Jesse creates this wheel. Okay. We're going to uh, do it right now. Uh, thank you to everyone who entered in. I took most of these suggestions. So we're going to share this and, Let's give it a spin. Okay, so what, what are we going to pick three of these? Yes, let's okay. pick three. All right, I'm just going to spin through them. And we will pick three of these to create a random ghost story. Number one is going to be zombie. Love it. Rob, you can type that one in. Yep. I love the center of the wheel, by the way. Oh, it's great. Yep. Uh, number two is pickles. So that should be interesting already. <laughs> Thank you to whoever recommended pickles. And oh, please be raptors. Oh, it is raptors. Okay, so <laughs> zombie pickles, raptors, and add in uh, add in ghost as well. Yep. All right. Thank so you. I I have this writing. Let's see if it actually starts writing it. And it is. Uh, you're not going to be able to see the words on screen, but as you can see, it is writing it out right now. And I will just start reading it once I can, and we'll see if it's any good. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna live this together. But this is, this is not how we write our ghost stories. We write oh. them originally. <laughs> Will yeah. I be using this for future campfire ghost stories? Count on it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for our episodes, we do write them from scratch. All right. Our, <laughs> we I've just already discovered read, this the other day. I've already read one of the first sentences. Are we ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Don't interrupt me while I'm reading it. We're going to get through this seriously. We're not going to laugh. Once a once upon a time. Stop interrupting me. I just asked you three words in. <laughs> Not even one word. I mean, three words in and you don't shut the fuck up. Like, what are we doing here, Dave? All right. Once upon a time in a small village surrounded by dense forest, there lived a farmer named Billy. Billy was known for his unusual pickle recipes, which were said to have magical powers. But what the villagers didn't know was that Billy's secret ingredient was a rare herb that he found in the forest known for its supernatural properties. One day, a zombie outbreak occurred in the village, and Billy's pickles were the only thing that kept the zombies at bay. <laughs> Shut up. The villagers were safe as long as they had the pickles, but they soon realized that they were running out of the special ingredient. Billy ventured into the forest to find more of the herb, but he never returned. The villagers searched for him, but found no trace. It wasn't until a few days later that strange things started to happen. The villagers were out hunting in the forest when they encountered a pack of raptors. <laughs> the raptors were aggressive and seemed to be hunting something. As they got closer, the villagers saw the raptors were after a zombie and that the zombie was carrying a jar of Billy's pickles. The villagers were shocked to see that the zombie was, in fact, Billy. He had been transformed into a zombie, but the pickles kept him in control. He roamed the forest, gathering the herb for his pickles and keeping the other zombies at bay. The villagers were torn. They needed the pickles to keep themselves safe from the zombie outbreak, but they also felt sorry for Billy, who was now a zombie. They decided to leave him alone, hoping that the pickles would keep him in control and that he would never hurt anyone. To this day, 
the villagers still tell the story of Billy the zombie, the raptors, and the magic pickles. Some <laughs> say that if you venture into the forest that night, you can still hear the sound of a rap of raptors hunting and the footsteps of a zombie carrying a jar of pickles. <laughs> no fucking way, bro. <laughs> And so the legend of zombie pickles and raptors lives on, haunting the villagers of that small village to this day. So good. The sound of a zombie footsteps carrying a jar of pickles. That is amazing. So February 21st, Tuesday, we're going to be doing this for a full hour with our wheels spinning, and it's just going to be a blast. So. Yeah, yeah. It will not be a numbered episode. It's just going to be like kind of like a chill stream just to – to break things up for us for a little bit, to be completely transparent. The three of us really need to work on this um, pilot episode for the show we're doing, and we just kind of need a week to reset. So <laughs> by reset, we need to work on that. So um, that's what we're going to be doing. But yeah, that will be on available on the podcast stream on Wednesday also, the following yeah. Wednesday. So yeah. if you're listening, we will not miss a week. Yeah, we won't miss a week. You're going to get that. It, we'll, do, we'll mix in some actual scary ones. I'll tell you what. Do we want to just do an actual scary one? Do we want to end on that? Well, um, real, real quick, let's do that. But real quick, I just wanted to say, uh, anybody who wants to enter into the sticker contest, we're going to do one wheel spin today. So uh, at this point in the chat, you can type stickers into chat, and I will enter you guys onto the wheel for uh, Ricardo, Mar, Pinky Clap, John B, Brennan B, Papa Squatch, Mom and Pops W, Al Capone, and Steph A. I've already entered you guys in as well as Sydney B. So everybody else, just type stickers, and I will add you in. Um, all right, let's pick a town. Do we want to have it write us a ghost story about a random town? Is that what we want to do? Or do we want it about a specific thing? Uh, yeah, write it about a random town so I can use it for next week. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, which where's Oshkosh. Isn't there a town called Oshkosh? Is it Wisconsin? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I could go okay. I have a computer right here. Well, I'm doing it as Oshkosh, Wisconsin. All right. I have it going. So do you want to do the wheel spin first or do you want me to read the story first, Jesse? What works? No, no, go ahead. I'm still collecting names here. It is in fact a city in on what in Wisconsin. Nice. All right. So in the heart of Oshkosh, Wisconsin lies the haunted mansion known as the Oshkosh Estate. The mansion was built in the late eighteen hundreds by a wealthy businessman named Samuel Oshkosh, who is rumored to have made his fortune through unscrupulous means. Despite its grand appearance, the mansion had a dark history. Samuel was known to be a cruel and abusive man who treated his staff and servants terribly. It was said that he had a hidden chamber in the basement where he would lock up anyone who dared to cross him. Years went by and Samuel passed away. The mansion was abandoned and fell into disrepair. And it wasn't until the 1970s that a group of local history enthusiasts bought the estate and restored it to its former glory. However, strange things started to happen soon after the restoration Visitors reported seeing ghostly apparitions of servants and staff who appeared to be in great distress. Some claim to have heard the sounds of chains, cl chains clanging and doors slamming shut on their own. One night, a group of teenagers snuck into the mansion for a dare, but they never came out. The next morning, their bodies were found in the basement, locked in the same chamber where Samuel used to punish his servants. Since then, the mansion has been the center of many ghostly sightings and strange occurrences. Some say that the ghost of abused servants and staff still haunt the mansion, seeking justice for their mistreatment. The mansion is now a popular destination for ghost hunters and thrill seekers who come from all over to experience the haunted Oshkosh estate. So we'll have a nice mix. We'll do some. It can do serious stories. It's, a, it's surprisingly coherent every single time. It, uh, it actually shocks me. All right. The I zombie I got... pickles. I couldn't believe that we got a zombie pickles story. And it made sense. And it actually was. It made sense. Crazy stuff. Yeah. So AI is uh, terrifying. So we will have the wheel. We'll spin the wheel for like some of the crazy stories. We'll mix in some serious ones. So hopefully everyone's excited for that. I'm excited for it. Exactly. Excited. Pinky, Pinky, I've been reading your name wrong for the last two weeks. And at the beginning of the show, I actually entered you into the contest and typed it out. I was like, oh, that's Cyclops. But then again, I just keep out like, ah, oh, Pinky Clap. Pinky Clap. <laughs> Not your name at all. I can read, I promise, sometimes. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> we're going to do the spin here, and we're going to pick out a winner here. The winner gets a five-pack of limited edition Hometown Ghost Story stickers. And let's take a look here. So it's a little bit small, but uh, 
if your name isn't on this, I will enter you in twice here. Pretty sure I got everyone here though. So let's give it a quick spin. Let's see where it lands. And the world's going. It's going around. It's going around. Who's it going to land on? Who's going to get the stickers? Oh, it's coming there. And it's going to be pink. Pinky clap. Up. Pinky clap wins it. <laughs> Yay. Perfect. All right. We got Congratulations. Uh, Pinky, uh, send your info somewhere. So uh, if you're on Discord, send it over on Discord or send us a message one way or another. Or you can email. email us too. Either way. Uh, is there anything else we want to hit on Clinton Road before we get out of here, guys? We covered it all. We covered the entire road, all 10 miles of it. Mm-hmm. We're covered on this episode of Hometown Ghost Stories. You don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to go to Clinton Road. You don't have to go to New Jersey. Why? Because we covered it right here. And if you don't like that, then you can go somewhere else. Don't go anywhere else. Keep giving us money. Exactly. Uh, Cash and Lily, I think I missed both of you. So I'll enter you guys in twice next week. So sorry. I think that, that might be the second time in a row I miss Lily. So if so, I'll enter you in six times next week because that's what we do. Or I'll just send you some stickers. Send me your address. Patron. Send me the stickers. I'll just send send you stickers, stickers. anyways. <laughs> yeah, just send, send not as exciting, but uh, yeah. So do that. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for me. I think that will pretty much do, do it. Do you have any reviews to read? Gonna, Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I do. I do have reviews to read. Good call, Dave. I forgot. Are you doing that? I will do one more wheel spin, and we'll see who wins. Get to uh, read it in a New Jersey accent, Rob. Uh, what is a New Jersey accent? Bugs Bunny, New Jersey. <laughs> okay, that's not where I thought you were going to go with it. And it's Lily. Thank God, <laughs> Cash didn't win. Thank God, Cash didn't win. All right, Lily, we'll be sending you some stickers. All right, let's hit some of these reviews real quick. Um, this one is from Shower Diva, titled Love This Show. And they wrote, I started listening to this show last Halloween and quickly started binging it. I got both full body chills from the stories and big laughs from the commentary. You guys are great, and I will continue to listen to all your shows as you have quickly become my favorite. I have, I have only been able to listen to one live show so far, but had to leave before the show was over. I was so surprised when you called my name out for winning stickers. As I was listening to the podcast version, I hope you gave those to someone who did stick around. Uh, well, shoot us a message, and maybe we can shoot you some over. Um, we're we're very we're very nice about the stickers, and just kind of send them to who deserves them. Um, another one is from Truck and Mama, titled "Finally." I have waited forever to find a podcast like this. I listen to different paranormal podcasts religiously, and I have set all of those on the back burner to get caught up to date with this one since it's quickly shot to number one on my favorite list. Love the way the guys tell the stories of locations and mix it up doing investigations and share their findings at some of the locations they cover. Also really enjoy the hilarious banter during the episodes. It's a mix of horror and comedy. 11 out of 10 would recommend. And then we have a review from Bucky McHatt, which one of you did this, first of all? I need to know because when we read this review, you're going to see. Um, it's titled Something for Everything. This is a five-star review, by the way. And it starts off with, meh. Rob mentioned the wrong executive producer of a movie one time during an extra content show. He should have gotten the V8 engine. Three out of 62 stars. Would recommend to a, re- would recommend to a stranger named Tino. How dare you, first of well, all. Welcome in, Tino. <laughs> this is How obviously dare. somebody who is familiar with many of our episodes. <laughs> yes. It was a good blend of, of several of them, for sure. I know, the engine thing, that was like such a throwaway conversation at one point. Mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's give a quick shout out to our patrons. For the VIPs, we have Jeannie R., Justin T., Lisa J., Mallory K., Mike B., Mom and Pops W., Robert H., Stephen V., and Demon King. Thank you guys so much for being VIPs. We also have Allison V., Anna C., Even Better Hometown Ghost Stories, Garrett, Lily, Jake V., Janice G., Mar Fire, Rachel B., Stephanie A., Sydney B., Anthony T., Brandon W., Brennan B., Captain McSlugs, Cody G., Huggy Bear, Carolee J., Mark M., Matthew T, Mariah M, Papa Squatch, Sarah R. We also have Sarah W, Solar Flare, Soph M, and Hooper. Thank you guys so much for being on Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You too can join this. Get early access to content as well as bonus content and some limited edition hometown ghost story swag as well. Thank you guys so much. Have we given Matthew Thomas stickers? Because you need to send him some after he gave us so much money tonight. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 
we're not gonna have many stickers after this because i did have a lot no i still i still have i, still I think have i promised stuff. them to six people so uh yeah to anyone who had uh donated that is matthew t and mike uh, b mike b shoot uh, us a message Ricard, ricardo as well ricardo, ricardo and winner, so there's more yeah there were more catholic slugs donated a dollar as well all right let's but, land this plane yes let's do that so uh we'll be back next week and friday with stuff so thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time uh seriously we appreciate all you guys for hanging out there on the live stream today was uh, monumental so thank you guys so much we'll see you Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.